Welcome to the Author's Porch, where every good conversation happens. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride from author to author. We want to give you an experience where you learn and enjoy the conversation. Authors tell you about their journey, you learn about new books, and at the end of the day, you go home with a smile on your face because the Author's Porch is a beacon of light bringing you home to the family you never knew you had. We hope that you enjoy the show. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Author's Porch, where every great conversation happens. We are very blessed to have nurse and author, Dawn Blair on the show tonight. How are you doing, Dawn? I'm doing okay. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for being with us on Thanksgiving Eve. Um, do you do you celebrate Thanksgiving? I like to ask because I don't automatically assume anything. Well, my family does. Um, so technically, yes, but I have to work tomorrow, so um, I'll be working on Thanksgiving this year. Yes. Well, thank you for what you do as a nurse, because what you do does not go unseen. I, I know that our first responders are very near and dear to my heart. I know that um, you guys work tirelessly without much appreciation. I do know that. <laughs> I appreciate you saying that. So, guys, I want to give a little introduction to Dawn before we go straight into talking about all the things I love, which are animals. You know, I basically feel like I live on this uh, nature reservation since all kinds of things happen in my yard. I send pictures out to everybody on my Facebook page. I've got lizards and snakes and tarantulas and all kinds of things. I'm many crocodiles, it feels like. So, uh, but we're going to talk about uh, things. So author Dawn Blair knows the value of and importance of a special connection because she shares it with her seven pound rescue dog, Mr. Monk. And not only did she save his life, but he saved hers as well. In her book, Mr. Monk uh, is a tribute to him and all that he means to her. And I'm really excited to learn more about your book and the special connection that you have with him. So if you can tell us what that connection is and how it all started. So um, the book is called Me and Mr. Monk's. Um, <clears throat> And um, that connection started back in uh, 2015, February 14th of 2015 on Valentine's Day. Um, my husband and I are big advocates for a pit bull breed. And we, um, at the time, we were working with a rescue group called Ring Dog Rescue. And they were doing a, uh, an adoption event um, at the Chesterfield County Shelter, which is a rural shelter um, in Virginia. Um, where the dogs are never seen. It, it's was used to be run by the police department. So the dogs didn't get any, um, any, any, um, um, they didn't get seen. They didn't get um, any kind of movement, you know? Um, so frequently they were euthanized, especially the pit bulls. But we, we had set up an adoption event for that day. Um, and it was frigid. I mean, it was one of the coldest days of the year. So that, that's why I remember it so vividly. Um, that they had set us up in the garage where they parked the um, animal control vehicles. Mm. So um, me and my husband and a friend of mine went into the shelter to walk around and 
I'll never go into that shelter again, but um, mm. <laughs> not a good experience. But about 45 minutes later, we came out and the president of Ring Dog, who was there with us, uh, was standing at the table talking to some people. And I noticed there was a small, tiny dog in one of the giant crates, um, you know, a crate for the for a pit bull, you know, so this dog yeah. was tiny in comparison. So um, I said, hey, who's that? And she says to me, don't you don't you? he's mine. Don't you, don't you try to take him? So <laughs> of course, then she let me get him out. Cause yeah. um, Opie is a sweetheart. She really is. And she's a wealth of knowledge. And so she let me get him out and um, he was a mess. He, he was the most unique looking dog. I think I've ever seen in my life to this day. He looked at that time, like a cross between a gremlin um, and an Ewok. And oh he, my God was a mess. He stunk. He had scabs all over him. He had a terrible skin infection. His ears were infected. Um, terrible. He, he, he was in a terrible shape. Um, he was underweight. Anyway, the story is that his, the owner, the, the owner sent her mother up there with him to drop him off, to dump, to drop him off, with the sh to su basically surrender him. And, mm -hmm. and she thought Opie was with the shelter. And when she went to turn to go into the shelter after she found out Opie was actually with a pit bull group, she, uh, Opie stopped her and said, no, I'm going to take him. We're going to take him, you know, fill out this paperwork. And um, because she couldn't bear to see him go into that shelter and Opie actually wanted him for herself. And um, which is, you know, she has a menagerie of, uh, of, of strange animals. Um, and um uh, you know, we left the adoption event and 45 minutes later, she's calling me, telling me, hey, I've got to bring you this dog. Um, one of my dogs is trying to attack him and it's just not going to work because she's so, her dog was so jealous. And oh. Mr. Monks was very yippy mm. and very dominant, very dominant um, even though he was seven pounds. Um, the, the moment he walked into my house, he 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 was not bothered by the two big big pit bulls that live there and um <laughs> sniffing him. He 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 could have cared less. Um yeah. He took over. He just went wherever he wanted. And um that's how he was his whole life. Um, yeah. you know, I, I I think it's I don't think it's uh a coincidence that it was Valentine's Day when um he came yeah. into his life. I think it is definitely was meant to be. Yeah. I've got, I've got one like that. So I have four pit bulls oh. and two, and two wiener dogs. Um, oh. Three of my pit bulls are rescue dogs. Okay. And so I definitely get it. I have little Elvis. Everyone knows Elvis that, that knows me and he's my IVDD survivor. He had a disc disease and he only can walk on his two front legs so he scoots himself around but he runs the house he tells the pit bulls what to do he tells my other wiener dog what to do so i understand mr monk and his plight to rule the world oh, yeah. i definitely <laughs> i definitely understand so in your in your bio it talks about that you went through a very hard time in your life and you really bonded with mr monk I did. Well, we kind of bonded right off the bat. Um, my husband said, you know, my husband's a horse trainer and has, has been a horse trainer his whole life. So he has been around animals his whole life. He said he has never seen a dog attach itself to me, to a person oh. like Mr. Monks did to me. 
Um, and yeah. he was a foster dog for six months. And um, I was supposed to, you know, just be fostering him, but I couldn't give him up. Um, yeah. I've never had another living, breathing creature look at me the way he looked at me. And that is including my husband. Um, I, you know, this dog just would stare at me for hours, just adoringly. And he went from room to room with me. And um, he, I, I knew he loved me. I knew he loved me more than, than anything in the world. And um, um, we just, we grew this huge bond. Um, and I started, you know, I, I started his Instagram page um, probably oh. soon after I adopted him. And he, he has 21,000 followers now, but um, <laughs> he, he just was a sensation because of the way he looked and he loved having his picture taken. He would sit for hours in the same position and just to please you. And you could tell um, he loved it. He loved yeah. it. Um, it was like he was a former um, supermodel. Anything um, <laughs> on him, he could. He had hats. He had wigs. He had tons of shoes. He had tons of outfits. Um, and and he and he would wear it. He didn't care. Um, anyway, you know, about I guess around 2017, um, I started getting these weird symptoms, and um, it was like summer June of 2017. I started having weird symptoms kind of strange symptoms they started with um these open sores on my face that would never go they wouldn't heal um and it 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 wound up being all the way across my eyebrow area i don't have any eyebrows i have they're tattooed on um mm -hmm. because um for three and a half years i had open deep ulcers there wow and then they spread to my legs um I also had symptoms like brain fog and um, dizziness and, um, you know, trouble walking. Uh, I had what's called neuropathy where you have numbness and tingling in your feet and, and like a burning sensation to the point where you can't walk, like you have to sit down. Um, my, my legs would swell. Um, I also had migraine headaches. I had all kinds of GI problems like gastrointestinal problems. Um, and just one symptom after another, chronic insomnia. Um, and for, for the whole time, you know, for three and a half years, I went to doctor after doctor after doctor. I went to 26 doctors and they all told me that it was either in my head that I was doing this to myself or um, that I just was depressed and I need to go see a psychiatrist. Um, all of them basically dismissed me. Mm -hmm. And so I thought about suicide many times because I was in chronic pain. I couldn't leave my house. I had to stop working because I couldn't leave my house because I had open wounds oh. on my face. And um, so there, there was the only thing that the only bright light in my life was Mr. Monks. And um, he was always there. And, you know, um, I did have, um, I, I did get a, a, three, three day a week, um, dog training job. And they knew that I was sick and they, they were very, um, willing to work with me. And, and, and quite frequently I would have to call out from, from work because of this. And, um, I remember one day I had to, I, I couldn't cover the, my, the wounds on my face up. And I, I, I just sat in the floor of my bathroom and I sobbed and sobbed. Mm. I just wanted it to end. And, um, I looked up in the doorway and there he was standing there staring at me. And um, I realized at that moment that 
I, I couldn't, I had to stay here for him. And um, wow. because if, if, if I was to, you know, kill myself or, or do something to myself, what was he going to do? I mean, I was his, I was his whole world. And um, yeah. he didn't care that I had big wounds on my face and that, that I was a mess. He, that didn't matter to him. And um, so at that moment, I realized that I had to live for him. And, and that's, wow. that's what it. he's the one that got me through it. That's, that's such an amazing testimony because you're right. They, there's nothing that matters to them other than looking at you and knowing that you're there. And that right there is everything. And they're so grateful just for your presence. Yeah. So what was the deciding factor for you to write a book about this beautiful connection that you two have? Well, um, I finally got diagnosed in August of 2020. I had uh, chronic Lyme's disease um, mm -hmm. and um, it will never go away. Um, oh. um, anyway, I still, it's, it, I still, I, it went into remission for about a year, but um, from, I guess, uh, um, October of 2020 to October of 2021, it was in remission and I, and I felt better than I had in years. And that was the, one of the best years me and Mr. Monks had. And then, October 12th of 2021, he died unexpectedly um, of respiratory failure. Oh my gosh. Um, he spent three days at the vet and they did every single thing they could. And his trachea collapsed 100% on one side. And he, there's no, there's no coming back from that. Um, yeah. So um, I had to make the decision to put him to sleep. Uh, um, and that's what, motivated me to write this book. Um, I was so uh, depressed and, and just overwhelmed with grief. Um, and I was sitting on my sofa in November and, and crying every day when I get home from work, every, every single day, even though I have, you know, three other dogs, <laughs> um, they're not him. And um, I would, I would sit there and I, I would, I would just, just stare into space. And I said, you know, I want the world to know what a special soul he was and what an yeah. amazing creature he was and what he did for me um, and how you can have that kind of bond with an animal. He was my best friend in the whole world. Best, he, he was my best. I used to call him my bestest of best friends. Um, and it, I just, that's what I decided to write a book about him. I wanted to tell everyone our story. Hmm. People, I, I think there's a lot of people that don't understand the bond between um, dogs or even cats or animals in general and, and, and some folks. But I think that sometimes that bond can be closer than other human beings because of this, this beautiful understanding that they can have with you and the, the non-judge, there's no judgment, mm -hmm. there's no looking at you and their time they will sit and listen i've often marco is my you know i i talk about elvis all the time because he's such a character he is i mean he takes up all of my time because he demands it but yeah. marco is this gentle soul he's my wired hair dodson and he'll just sit and look at me while i talk and sometimes because i suffer from depression i i i'll sit and i'll talk to him while i'm crying 
for no reason. And I'll tell him, I'll be like, Marco, I don't know why I'm sad. I just am. And I'm so glad you'll sit and listen to me. And he'll just look at me. And there's that bond because they'll do what humans don't, won't do. That's or right. Refuse to do. So it's beautiful that, that you talk about Mr. Monks that way and that you wrote this book to honor his memory. Um, I think that a lot of humans don't understand that or refuse to understand that. So since Mr. Monk's passing and writing the book, what has been kind of your mainstay since then? Well, you know, my, like, I, I'm still grieving him very much, you know, um, right now. I, I came out of remission. Um, I got very sick again. Um, had to stay out of work for two weeks. Um, I, I have to go in and out of work quite frequently um, because uh, I, I came out of remission and um, and my numbers, my like my blood work number my numbers um, or the the Lyme disease markers were even lower than when I got diagnosed. Um, so I've, I've been trying to get healthy again um, and just um, you know trying to keep you know his the whole reason that I keep going is this book. Um, because it's so important to me. Um, you know, I've done different things trying to get through grief. I go to a pet law support group. Um, I have a therapist. I have a psychiatrist that I talk to about. We talk about Mr. Monks all the time. You know, I've done all kinds of creative projects, you know, with Mr. Monks involved. You know, like I'm a very creative person, very visual um, arts. Um, so I, I kind of want, you know, I've done a lot of um, like uh, graphic design and, and artwork for him, like based on him to try mm -hmm. to, to try to relieve some of my grief. Um, mm -hmm. And, it, you know, some of it helps, some of it doesn't, you know, I just think time is the only thing that's going to really help. But so much, I, I don't know that I'll ever completely get over him. I don't think I will. Um, yeah, I even I even went to a medium um, and talked to her uh, about him, and she talked to him. Um, you know, uh, so and that did a lot. That helped a lot. Um, I've taken up meditation because you know meditation is great for all types of um, illnesses. Um, you know, or you know, if you have if you're grieving. Um, any kind of thing like that, you know, any kind of, you know, being mindful is, is so helpful um, in getting over things and getting through things and getting through things that happen to you in life. Um, you know, I've just tried, I've tried to, you know, do things that um, I've been wanting to do for a long time and, and haven't been able to, um, yeah. you know, just to give myself some, some source of uh, happiness and something to look forward to because even though I have five dogs now, it's none of them are him and none right. of them are going to be him. You know? Yeah. There's, there's a different bond. There's a different bond with each of them. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree. And you know, with one, you have, you know, certain things that you, you, whether it's cuddle time or whether it's this or whether it's that and with him, you, you had that, that bond. My husband lost his best friend uh, Hershey in 2019, and 
he hasn't bonded with any of our other dogs the same way that he bonded with Hershey and he, he had him for 15 years. Yeah. Wow. You know, and, and we still talk about Hershey, you know, we still like, he's still here with us. We still put his Christmas ornament on the tree. We have pictures of him around the house. We, I mean, almost daily, there's some type of conversation about Von Hirsch that comes up. And I think that that's the best thing about, our companions is we don't let them go just because they're no longer here. They they're an integral part of our lives. Yeah. And what is, what is the biggest message that you want to share with your book? Well, one, one being the uh, beautiful relationship that you can have with an animal that, that you cannot have with a person. Um, you know, that, that animal, human that human animal bond um you know i want people to realize that that is something that is there and that you can have that um you know uh, frequently people don't believe that you know what i tell you know what i say about having a, a pet or a soul a soul dog and it is true um and it is so important um and you know even though this has been such a painful painful time i wouldn't trade it for anything in this world I wouldn't trade those six years for anything. Um, also, um, you know, animal rescue. Uh, I want people to realize that animal that rescuing dogs and cats and other animals is so very important. Um, you know, advocating for them is so important because you're their voice. They don't have a voice in this. They, they can't make their own decisions like that. Um, and, um, thirdly is, you know, uh, having a chronic illness. Um, a lot of times people that have chronic illnesses get swept to the side. Um, and you know, it could be any chronic illness. It could be uh, autoimmune disease. It could be, you know, it could be a mental illness. It could be anything. It could be Lyme's disease, you know, anything. Um, they get swept to the side or dismissed and you have to be your own advocate and you have to fight you know, a lot of times you have to fight for, for, for your own health a lot, most of the time, because doctors don't want to hear you. You know, luckily I found an amazing doctor in Northern Virginia that is a woman and knew exactly what was wrong with me. And she doesn't like doctors either. Um, and she is one <laughs> because they're, they have, they're, they tend to be narrow, have a narrow focus. And, you know, um, that, that's, that's one point that I want to get across is that you have to advocate for your own health and your own, you know, the way you, you know, the way you feel, you know, when something's wrong, you know, um, yeah. no matter what a doctor tells you, you have to keep going. Absolutely. I, I had the distinct pleasure of speaking with a nurse advocate who on another podcast that I had previously, uh, Sister Sister Live Show, where we talked to a lot of different folks for different reasons, not necessarily authors. And she has a business, it's uh, Renegade Health, uh, where they're all nurse advocates and their whole purpose is, is you hire them or you can, they become your nurse advocate. So if you're going to see a doctor about uh, cancer or about a chronic health, they go with you to every appointment. And these are nurses 
that have now retired from their profession or left the profession, and now all they do is advocacy for patients. So they interpret all of the diagnosis, they interpret all the scans, they interpret every part of the uh, meeting with the doctor so that and and put it in terms that you will understand because a lot of people don't understand the terminology and a lot of doctors will talk over your head just to get you out really quick things. And I, and I love um, what she does and she's a two time uh, stage four cancer survivor herself. And even when she went through it, she took uh, another nurse advocate with her to, to help, with everything that was going on. So I, I agree with you when I talking to her exactly what you said, I, I was like, wow, you, you know, a lot of the nurses are saying those things to take, you know, advocate for your health. They'll tell you that. So thank you so much for saying that as well, because as somebody who suffers from multiple chronic illnesses, I find myself having to get over my feelings of defeat and then going back and going, okay, now that I'm done crying over everything, now I'm going to advocate for myself. And and it's very important to do that. One of the things I found is having a dog as a person with chronic illness, having a, my dogs actually helps me oh, absolutely. mentally become stronger. Absolutely. I mean, I, you know, I know when I was going through all of this, when I was in the, in the sickest that I've been, I have so many pictures of me and of, of monkey laying in my lap. You know, he would lay in my lap for hours and stare at me. And I have so many photos of that. And he was just such a, he was just the epitome of joy. And um, he, he was so soothing. You know, I could be upset and, and crying and sobbing and having a panic attack. And, um, you know, in a, in a moment, you know, just him being there, his presence, it would just be, it would, it would soothe me. Yeah. And they, they're taking him around in hospitals now, therapy dogs. And I, the hospital. and I think they're, they're so amazing. My, my little Elvis is my emotional support dog. My daughter has one in college with her. My son has one. He's a residence hall director um, in college, at a college now. He's already graduated and he's going for his master's degree, but he's working and they have their emotional support dogs. And I think because they have severe anxiety, I think it's important uh-huh. that it's recognized now that if a dog is trained well and they can go into the workplace with the humans, if you have a chronic illness or you have something that if they can support you, that it should be more of the norm. Definitely. Yeah. So I, I love what, what you talk about, what you advocate for and the story of Mr. Monks and the love that you guys have shared is absolutely beautiful. It, it is. It's a beautiful story. It really is. Um, and like I said, I wouldn't trade it for the for the world. Not, you know, I wouldn't trade those six years um, or six and a half years for for this. You know, even though I'm in a lot of emotional pain and, you know, I still wouldn't trade it for anything. Because once you've had a relationship like that, you only get that once in a lifetime. Yeah. Where can people grab a copy of your book at, Dawn? So it is on Amazon.com, BarnesandNobles.com, or you can go to his website, MrMonks.com. 
So it's www.mrmonks.com? Yes. Okay, I typed that in the chat here, so that goes right to our YouTube channel as well as our Facebook page. And anyone listening to the podcast will be able to hear me us say that, so they'll be able to write it down and go grab a copy of the book if they want to as well. Is there any other things that you would like to share with our audience before we close out for the night to give them any messages of hope or understanding for what you're doing with the book as well as Mr. Monk's memory? Well. You know, I just want, um, I want everyone to know how wonderful he was and how, you know, a relationship with an animal can be the most important relationship you ever have in your life. It doesn't have to be with a human. Um, you know, by, by, I mean, he, he, the relationship we had was by far the most important relationship I've ever had. And he taught me so much. Um, and, um, you know, I just, I want people to get the book and read our story. And, you know, it's a beautiful story. And I want, I want people to know who he is. And like, you know, I want his memory to, to be worldwide and, and for him to basically take over the world, like you said. <laughs> Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing you and Mr. Monk's story with us tonight for writing a book about such a beautiful soul and having that bond with him. There's so many rescue dogs out there that do not find a home as beautiful as the one Mr. Monk's found. So thank you for sharing your home with him for the time that he had left on this earth with us i share my home with three rescue dogs the other three are not rescue dogs but they absolutely cannot tell that they're a blended family and they love it yeah, so thank you. <laughs> yeah thank you for that and guys go and check out mrmonks.com check out dawn's book read it find the love in your heart if you can but also know that when you take on a rescue dog you are taking on a dog that was abandoned you're taking on a dog that may have issues so make sure that you're ready make sure that you are preparing your home and know that when you take on a responsibility of an animal you're taking on a responsibility as if you were taking on a child so make sure that you're ready because that that animal does not need to go back into another home it's like you're taking a child and dropping it off at cps so put yourself in the shoes of that animal you don't want when you bring it into your home it's for life so make sure that you're ready for it animals are not christmas presents that you can just give away and then take to a shelter later on there's something that you have for life so make sure that you're ready i have two kids that took on responsibilities and they realize and they feel like they are full-on parents and they call me all the time and ask for questions and and i give them answers because it is a whole family affair whenever you take on an animal make sure that you're ready you're prepared and that is not to scare you it's to let you know that reach out to somebody else who is an animal parent because there is help there is support and like Dawn said, she's in a pet support group for grieving parents who have lost pets because this is a real deal. We take it very seriously and we love our animals. So Dawn, thank you again for being here, guys. We are out for the night. Make sure you grab a copy of Dawn's book at mrmonks.com. We appreciate everybody for being here and for watching with us tonight. We'll see you guys next time. Bye, Dawn. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.